Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. Um, speaking of coaches. Oh, yes. <laughs> so... Yeah. Okay, so is it, because listen, I, I'm going to get very passionate about this, um, but um, I, <laughs> I I don't want it to get lost in translation. This I, I'm going to get passionate about this, not because I feel like we're at the cusp of, uh, of losing an entire season necessarily, because although maybe we are, I'm getting passionate about this because how many weeks have I, have I been saying this at this point now that this to it, and this isn't about toot my own horn, but it, it's going to sound like it. I, the writing was on the wall when we were six. I know in the last losers. ten, you're two six and two six and two. That's it. Yeah, we've lost. Now we're in a uh, five game losing skid. Uh, the two games they won, Tippett was not there. Um, he was in COVID protocol at the time. So now you're into another losing streak. You know, it, it's just. This is the kind of team that almost demands swift action. You can't wait for another six-game losing streak before you do something. because, Or maybe you do because, I don't know, maybe you've got a, a secret plan that doesn't make any sense to anybody else, and then it'll be a big reveal at the end. But all things logical, you, you, know, you squeak into the playoffs as the eighth seed. Now you're playing against the top of the league, and your team's beaten down at the very least um, in their spirit. So now you've got nothing. If you go past the first round, everyone's going to be surprised, which means you're not going anywhere. You've killed a lot of spirit in this team. Um, uh, well, <laughs> the goalie having to defend himself publicly, um, essentially throwing his entire team under the bus saying that, well, I, I can't score goals, <laughs> stuff like that. That's on the coach. Um, as much as the goalie situation has been a huge you know, I, you can point right at it. It's been an issue all season long. We knew this was going to be an issue going into the season. They came out pretty f- firing on all centers, and it was pretty impressive. But that was basically not luck, but that was riding skill. And in the second adversity started showing its face, Tippett was not able to adjust and make this team uh, the top three or four team that this everybody thought this was going to be, which is how they started out. So you've got so many holes still when in a season where we thought Holland had plugged all the holes. But really, I'm going to say it again for the month, fourth week in a row, fifth week in a row. It's your everybody knows it's the goalie situation, but not as many people are convinced that it's a coach situation. And if I had to make a choice between the two, because only because I don't think there's a solid goalie out there that's going to just walk right in and make it all go away, because I don't think anyone's really available. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. Hopefully, p- some people know other things. I'm, I know there's goalies we could mention, but I, whether or not they're actually available and they're actually on the table, that's a different story. But I think if at the very least, if you can't make that solid goalie move, you make that coach move yesterday. Because at the very least, you bring in a new system, you bring in something that works. Because this isn't, this isn't working. I mean, I, I have to agree with you in regards to the coaching and I'll explain why. Going off of the, uh, cap friendly, they have no cap space, Marty. None. Zero. They, You're right. They have a total of 88 point something. Let me check here. I'll just double check it here so I can give the folks the right numbers. Well, they have 88.2 yeah. uh, uh, projected cap hit. There's 6.7 of that on LTIR. So it goes down to like roughly that 81.5 or 82 that it's at, right? So... To me, the only the only bullet that you've got in the chamber right now is to switch that coach. Um, you know, I've kind of been dancing around, you know, this Marc-Andre Fleury or if there's another goaltender out there that they could potentially get their hands on. And now, look, I'm no cap genius, so maybe there's something that they can work with. But it's certainly, to me, with the numbers I'm looking at, it's got to be a money-in, money-out kind of deal here so if they go out and they get somebody it's always you know they're going to probably want to do this first and foremost as close to the deadline as they can so they take on the least amount of money 
And in regards to having nothing for a salary cap, to me, now now you're going to, what's the next thing that I can do to change the outcome of what's going on here? And it goes to the coach. You can't change 23 players, so it goes to the coach. <laughs> now, yeah. The only issue for me, and I'm not saying anything that you haven't already thought about as a fan of the team, Marty, is, okay, you get a new coach. Great. You still have the same tandem of goaltending. So yeah. it, 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 it's a, this is such a tight balance right now for Ken Holland to manage. I mean, there's no wiggle room here, folks. There, there, there just isn't. Unless, I mean, and, and I hate to go back See, to last week's. Is... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, because I, you mentioned it, and and I, I feel like I need to jump in just because there's no. You're right. There is no wiggle room here. Now we're looking at the barrel of the mid of being at the midseason, and you're really looking at this as being almost too little, too late at this point. And that's why I'm pissed off, and that's why I'm passionate because I said it a month ago. That's when you make the change. That's when you get rid of this coach. When a coach with this team allows it to go on a six-game losing streak and then follows that up by going on COVID and, you, and then you win two games and then you come back from COVID protocol and then you go on another losing streak, the writing is on the wall, man. This coach can't handle it. This coach cannot. You look at his record. Look at the things that Dave Tippett has done in his career. He has coached the Dallas Stars. Great. And he did a really good job there. Lost. In, in first round, three out of the five years, and then lost in the third. Never made it past the third round. And then after that, he coaches in Phoenix. I'll give him a, a, a buy on that. But he did take them to the playoffs for three years. But again, didn't make it past the third round. And then after that, one, two, three, four, five years in a row of being out of the playoffs. And then after that, Edmonton Oilers lost in round one, lost in round one. This guy is notorious for not having enough in his team to go far. He's never taken his team further than the third round in his entire career. He's won a Jack Adams trophy. Good for you. Is he a good coach? Yeah, he is a good coach. But he is not this, this type of team's coach. He, he cannot, he doesn't find a way to get even like all of the players to buy into a system, it seems. It seems like, you know, the tank has run dry by the time they get into the playoffs. This is not the kind of coach you really want. For a team like this, where you've got players who are revving to go still into the playoffs, like McDavid and Dreisaitl still have other gears in the playoffs. And I, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at everything and I'm just thinking, a month and a half ago you make this change, or sorry, a month ago you make this change, this coaching change, because it buys you time. You can figure it out, and that coach that you brought in, he can now figure it out. Let's say they would have gone out and got, let's say Paul Maurice, when he decided to hang it up, they right away get on the horn and say, listen, are you at all interested? And then he says, yes, now you got Paul Maurice. Nothing wrong with Paul Maurice. You can, Paul Maurice, I guarantee you, takes this team and takes them further into the playoffs than Dave Tippett does, at the very least that. Well, but you do it a month ago. No, I, I, all, all I was going to say, Marty, is, and, and this is definitely not defending Tippett in any way, shape, or form. What I will say on behalf of the actual players in the team, I mean, I, I, I honestly thought that you probably had some pieces on that third line that would help with the depth, and obviously that has not mm -hmm. come to fruition in any way, shape, or form. So, that, this so, so of course, that's exposed, right? We've talked about it for a better part of the year here in regards to the defense. You still have Chris Russell that's on long-term injury reserve. And again, we're not talking about a guy that's going to get you 75 points as a defenseman, but we're talking about a guy that's going to be extremely serviceable in the playoffs and, and, and for your team. So, I mean, the com the combination of COVID, which is hitting everybody, and, and, and everybody's in the same boat that way, um, to the injuries that the team has sustained, to the lack of quality goaltending, and, and, you know, kind of throwing in the coach a little bit here now, too, because at the very least, you can, listen, you can say whatever you want about Dave Tippett, but at minimum, you can say that he hasn't exactly adapted well to what has gone on and and for me where that hits a lot is in some of those comments right when he says it's absolutely yeah. brutal by that mistake. now look he can say that to the player 
in in the dressing room 1500 times over marty i don't care yeah. what the player thinks about it the coach wants it but when you did it out in public like that and and you know we talked about some some gaffes with the senators and and speaking out in public with dorian i i find mm-hmm. this was kind of a little bit the same thing now i don't think koskinen's helping his cause either by kind of you know just snapping back at him like you're not you're not doing that any but a, it, any good but at, to to me the the thing that worries me the most right now marty is the toxicity that could potentially yeah. be festering with this team right now i mean and, and, and well, i don't think it's potentially anymore i think it's happened well i, I think I, it's in there now well what last week there uh and, and i if i'm not mistaken correct me if i'm wrong I believe the reporter was asking him, are you quitting on the kind of the coaching staff? Like, I, I believe it was kind of a question that was revolving around that. And are, are the players quitting on the, the coaching staff? And either way, the fact that we were having this question being asked to the, to, to the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, these guys came out of the, came out at the start of the season, guns a blazing. And here we are talking about the players quitting on the coach. And like you're saying, this is like a month, month and a half ago, right? So things have really, really turned on their head in Edmonton. And the only thing that worries me, and again, uh, you know, maybe it's me being an optimist and wanting to see the the good side of everything, but man, I I worry that there's some toxicity that's really starting to fester in that organization and culture. The question was really just in terms of, do you have an answer to your coach calling you out? It was more or less that. And his answer was, yeah, I'm going to throw my whole team under the bus then. And I don't agree with the comment, yeah. but I don't I don't necessarily point the finger at Koskinen for making the comment. I point the finger solely at Dave Tippett. Because for one, Dave Tippett's the one who created the scenario where the reporter had to ask the question. And two, created the atmosphere where Koskinen felt comfortable enough to say it. Yeah, That's on the coach, man. If the coach does create an environment where the goalie no matter what has those guys backs same thing goes back to him then that's on the coach 110 percent there's there's no questioning that whatsoever that when you have a break in character almost because you don't see this normally unless a team is broken then that's on the coach there's nobody else to blame but the coach for that and and the funny part about it is is a couple days go by after that uh that whole debacle goes down right and even mm-hmm. even myself, I didn't realize it. I, I I didn't either. I didn't, you know, look close enough on the replays that night or the next day or whatever. But I think it was just last night or the night before, um, they were showing a clip of uh, of the gaff. And at the end of the day, it's not so much of a gaff as you think because he had to wait for that puck to get into the trapezoid, which it never did. That opposing player uh, was able to get to the puck. So. My my point here is is that Tippett kind of threw him underneath the bus, and I think once Tippett actually saw the replay, even he realized that maybe he was a little bit too hard on him, or I, at the very least, I would have I would have had to think so because if you watch the replay, that puck I don't believe even gets to the trapezoid for him to be able to play that puck, but he's kind of caught in no man's land a little bit, right? So yeah, so it, it's all it's all kind of funny that it may not have even been as bad as Tippett thought yet maybe didn't see the replay after the game before he's asked the question, whatever. Anyway, the, the, the long and short of it is, is that it's, it, it's not a good look anywhere and no matter which way you look at it. So I, I, one last thing I'm going to touch in on in terms of all of this is that as I'm looking at the Edmonton Oilers, I'm looking at their roster and at the top two, you know, of course, for stats and all that kind of stuff, you got dry settle McDavid. But what I'm looking at is the average time on ice. So now, because you had mentioned that, you know, they had some pieces that you thought maybe, you know, we're going to fill in some gaps and that kind of thing. Well, that's great. Pieces that fill holes, fill gaps, that kind of stuff are great so long as you use them properly. If you don't have a system that actually utilizes them in the best way possible or even gives them an opportunity to fill in that gap, then it's just not going to work. And I'm looking at their... So let's say, what is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We'll say the top ten players points-wise, okay? But I'm not looking at the points. I'm looking at average time on ice. Their average time for the top ten players looks to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 21 minutes, okay? So now they're using their Barrys, their Bouchards, their Hymans, Pugliarvis, Hodgkins, McDavid's, and Drysaddles the most. That's who they're using the most, and that kind of makes sense. But then when you look down... And you look at these guys who are supposed to be plugging the holes. I'm going to take out the defensemen of Duncan Keith and 
Cody CC out of there because the defensemen's play a lot of time. That's just the way things go. Yeah, so yeah. They, the, both of those guys have 20 minutes. More I'm like a Fogel. More like a Fogel or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking at the Fogels. I'm looking at the Yamamotos, the McLeod, the Skivier. Skivier. I can't. Sieve, I gotta hate saying names. Sevier. Sevier. Uh, Turris, even. <laughs> um, all these players who are supposed to be there to plug the holes and help your team. I'm looking at the average here, eight minutes, 11 minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes. I'm thinking these guys are getting maybe on average, looks like to be about 10 minutes a game. For players that are supposed to be part of the, the problem solving, players that are supposed to be part of your system, where the whole team works as a system that is not only reliant on top two players, or in this case, maybe top 10, because they're the ones getting the most time on ice, this is a problem on the coach. This is more finger pointing at the coach because what I'm going to do is flip the script. Have a look over at Pittsburgh. From the top, 19 minutes, 17, 25, 19, 18, 18, 16, 13, 21, 16, 15, 18, 15, all the way down. They're rolling this more is lines. balanced. Yeah, they're rolling exactly. more lines. Yeah. This is a balanced team, and that's exactly why this team not reliant on their all-stars for the better part of this season so far are actually a better team than the Oilers. Imagine that. A team playing without Crosby and Malkin are better than a team playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Why? Because of the fucking coach. Not because of the players. you got to get this coach out of here. You should have got rid of him a long time ago. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. You've got no system. You've got two players and that's it. Well, I mean, you know, we've seen it for quite a number of, of years here, right? Like, they've really played both McDavid and Dreisaitl. I, look, I don't want to say into the ground, but... You know, we're, 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 we're getting, we're getting into that territory there. I mean, you know, you can only lean on these guys so much. I mean, look, I'm not saying anything that anybody else hasn't seen for the past couple of years here, right? They're very, very reliant on both of those players. Um, you know, they, they, they've been able to score their way out of problems here for the better part of the past couple of years. And teams are just starting to, to, uh, you know, to figure these guys out and, and, Look, you basically have to have a guy man-to-man on both of these players, right, whenever you're you're defending against these guys. I mean, flat out, they can both do so much damage. And even with and even with that one-on-one uh, defense, they're still able to make magic happen, right? But, it, it, again, it comes down to when these guys, whether it's the regular season or the playoffs, when the scoring dries up for these top dogs, who else is stepping up to the plate? And right now, it's, it's, it's exactly it. I mean, it, it's, it has been nobody other than those top players. I mean, and, and, you, you, and when I say the toxicity of it all, I mean, it just seems like everything seems to be going wrong for them all at the same time. I mean, they, they don't have the depth that I, even I obviously thought that maybe they, you know, could stretch it out to a three-line team, so to speak, here. But now you've lost Nugent Hopkins, so now you're throwing... Like, I mean, right now, it's just not good in Edmonton right now. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to unpack. They don't really have any kind of money to make anything happen. So, you know, it's not like they're going to buy their way out of anything, but, it, it, you know, it, it's an in and out right now. Like, you're not able to just kind of add, right, and then maybe throw a pick to somebody and, and so on and so forth. They're, they're not in that position. So it's really weird where they're at, w- how the team is constructed and how it's built and, and what kind of assets they have to work with. They unfortunately don't have any financial assets to work with. So it comes down to players and draft picks. And if I'm not, I don't believe there's any kind of a bevy uh, of, you know, good young players that are coming up that they can use to help out some of those positions. And then even if you did, you're still coming, you're you're still coming to an area where it's money in and money out. Like if they're going to go after somebody and and, and I'm sorry, look, I, I just don't think there's any way that they can get their hands on any kind of like a price or something like that. So I think you move to the, these kind of Marc Andre flurries and stuff. And even at, kind of towards the end of the year yeah. towards the end of the year with the deadline you're still going to have to take on a little bit of cash so who who you who's going out 
Like, are, are, are you having yeah. to get rid of maybe that third line piece that you thought was going to help you in the first place and have to get rid of that for goaltending? Anyway, I mean, there's so many moving parts in Edmonton right now. At the very, very least, we can say it will be interesting to see how it all uh, unfolds. Uh, I know for you, Marty, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little bit edge of your seat kind of deal to see how the, it all plays out. But um, we'll, we'll, see, <laughs> I, we'll see what they can I, do. I, I... I, I tend to lean on on the negative more uh, in term in situations like this. I look at Edmonton as being way too vulnerable to be able to come out on top. Um, like you said, they've got no cash, they've got no real um, picks to trade off, they've got nothing going for them. The the rest of the league knows that if they get an it an inch, then they'll go a mile. So why give them an inch? So at this point now, the only hope you've got is getting in a coach. <laughs> I can honestly see sorry, go ahead. Well, I know I was just gonna say that. And and the funny thing is, right, is there's always that, well, listen, we're not here to help you type of deal, right? And yeah, I, I know this may sound like kind of unprofessional in you know when you're talking about some GMs to GM and all this other stuff, but I could almost see where a lot of the league is like, no, no, dude, like you've been given riches with McDavid and Dreisaitl, like mm-hmm. uh, we're not helping you out to start out with. Now we're really not helping you out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's almost like this different level, right? It's like the, the rest yeah. of the league would say, no, no, you've been gifted these two guys. Like we we weren't helping you out before. Now we're so not helping you out. So Forget it's just, it. it's yeah. kind of, kind of weird to think of it that way, but I just get the sense that maybe a lot of yeah, GMs, I think, yeah. uh, you know, in their own office speaking to themselves would say that, right? Like, dude, you got these two players and then I'll like you fend for yourself now, go out and get what you That's need. Right. You can't figure this try. out for yourself with those two players. Yeah. You're on your own, man. <laughs> no, like, no, exactly. Sink or swim. <laughs> And honestly, like, that's why I'm starting to hear people now calling for Ken Holland's head. And if Ken Holland's got a, a hope in hell of keeping or saving face, we'll say, uh, it's it's going the coaching direction. And yeah. I honestly, I do, I really feel there's there's an element to not just Paul Maurice, but there's, I've, I've thrown this out there before, there's an element to Kirk Muller that I really like because Muller is obviously a power play specialist and this team on the power play is already very dangerous. So if Muller can kind of bring in a, a couple other players with him, like maybe a, a, a better goalie coach or somebody else, maybe another assistant coach with some goalie experience and just sort of give it a different feel, I think that's the way you go and that's the way you hope because... Continuing down this line, I did see Sportsnet at one point post a, a story on Twitter saying that Tippett's got, um, this was his last week and that an announcement was going to be made this week in terms of a coaching change. Does that mean they're going interim uh, head coach first before they make another announcement? Do they have somebody else already? I'm hoping they have somebody else already because what bothers me the most about this situation is that it's taking so goddamn long. It's this is this is a move long overdue that it was said not just by me by a few other people that a month ago this is what should have been done um and now now look at it now it's worse and and i don't know how anybody thought it was going to get better with time i know some people and you were one of them were saying like well you know all the injuries to me that just proves even more that this goalie can't or this coach can't handle it It, it, injuries are uh, everybody's going through injury. Everybody's going through COVID. The whole league is going through this. Edmonton's not going through anything more special than anybody else. Were there a lot of injuries at first? Yes, there was. But this is, again, you've got your Pittsburghs who were going through all of that. You've got several other teams who are doing basically the same things, but finding ways to win. Edmonton was supposed to be above, uh, in in a different class. They were supposed to be in the top five of the league. And top fives in the league don't lose six games in a row let alone go on, you know, uh, winning two games in 10 or in 12 or going on another six-game losing streak. This is not top five category at all. This is, if you're lucky, eighth seed category. And Edmonton's supposed to be way past this kind of stuff. They were better last year and the year before. How does that make any sense? I mean, to me, it's, you got the wrong coach. I, I, I mean, I think we all knew, and this is the, the last I'll say about Edmonton here. I mean... We knew where the goaltending was at. We knew that that could get them to the playoffs as long as everybody was healthy and, and, and playing playing average, okay? Let's say average. Like, this was a team that was going to get to the playoffs. They could score in the whole nine yards. I think what it comes down to for me is a couple of things. 
The goaltending hasn't even been average, okay? So let's just call it no. what it is. It's been brutal, really, on an overall. On an overall. They've had yes. sh- nice stretches, but we're talking about mm-hmm. from the start of the season till now, it just hasn't been up to par. That mm-hmm. end, some of the pieces that they brought in, and, and I, I keep kind of going back to the well here with your tourists and maybe a Fogel on that third line. I have mm-hmm. to admit... I thought that they would be able to roll out at least kind of those three lines that, you know, a third line could chip in once in a while here and there, right? And that you kind of have a little bit more growth with, uh, you know, a guy like a Yamamoto on the second line maybe. That yeah. that depth that I thought maybe they added a little bit to just did not work out. So you're kind of left with the same top six, if you will, for lack of a better term. Uh, goaltending that isn't even average at this point. And then you're starting to get some of these deeper injuries. So I'm, and I mean, that's sticking with, to, that's sticking. That's, that's when you've got an issue, sorry, when you've got a, a plan and you, and you, and you sort of, you start out the season with that one plan and it goes really well, but then all of a sudden you start seeing adversary and you're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm sticking to the same plan. And uh, yeah, too bad. Uh, all right. I'm going to play those saying. other players less now. Just stick to the same plan. Like, no, adjust, figure out a way, make something work, get the most out of these players, find something else because it's not working. And then constantly running with the same thing over and over again, yes. expecting different, different results is the little definition of crazy. I'm not trying to suggest that Dave Tippett's crazy, but to not make any changes and not be able to adapt and, and find the best out of these players, because these aren't horrible players. These, this is a good team. And going into this season, at the very least, everybody thought that. And why, why? Is it because now these players are all of a sudden shitty players? No, I don't think so. There's still, there's still time. There's, a lot of these players are still young. And the ones that are veterans know what, what they should be doing. And they can you know, snap out of it. But they need motivation. They need the right system. They need somebody who's going to step in and say, this is how you snap out of it. And this coach ain't doing any of that. I mean, from an Edmonton point of view, Edmonton fan point of view, you're hoping that this coaching change, you know, the same thing happens uh, with a coaching bump as it did with Vancouver, right? Now, exactly. uh, You would kind of, you would kind of hope. I don't know if this guy's even wants to come back to coaching this year or not. But going back to uh, Paul Maurice. I mean, yeah. that kind of be that would almost seem to me like kind of exactly what you would need right now. And if nothing else, if nothing else, he gives the confidence to the players, right? Kind of what That's Boudreaux's right. doing, kind of comes in nice and easy, not coming in, you know, all, all you would hard never and see what happened between Tippett and Koskinen happen between Maurice and Koskinen. You would never see that. Look at how Maurice left Winnipeg and look at yeah. Winnipeg, Class by the act, way. Man. Oh, that's Class what I act. mean. This is a coach. This is a guy. This is a leader. This is someone you listen to. And, and, you, and you go with the flow with this coach. This coach understands things, adapts, changes, maybe just has a different mindset on, on the NHL as a whole versus what Tippett can do. And, you know, I, I, <laughs> there's a part of me that's starting to feel a little bad for really beating on a dead horse here. But Tippett is um, – his time is up. It's time. It was up it's a time. long <laughs> – it's time for him to to definitely take care of uh, of of uh, what he needs to, and that, what who I'm talking about is Ken Holland, and I, I mean he needs to make that move uh, it, it, again, if for nothing else, to give that team a jolt yeah. of some sort. So we'll see something. what happen. We'll see what happens with these guys, and I know it's not super positive out in Edmonton right now, but. <laughs> Unless there was anything else that you wanted to hit on no. with Edmonton, That's we nice. did we did go super positive with our beauties and the beast mode. Yeah, you want to explain that a little bit? Well, here's what we did, guys. I mean, at the end of the day, the crux of this basically came to me <laughs> when I'm writing down the, uh, my I'm, my beauties and the beast for the week. I had gotten my three guys in there, who I'll go over shortly, and the fourth one. Uh, it was Evan Rodriguez, and I and I said to myself, you know what? With everything going on with COVID, the juniors being uh, rescheduled or uh, canceled, hopefully rescheduled, all these games being rescheduled and postponed, I said, you know what? Let's go a little bit positive here, and we're going to switch Beauties and the Beast this week to Beauties and the Beast mode. <clears throat> Pardon me. So what we've done this week is we're going um, with uh, four players. Um, that we think have had great weeks. Uh, so basically just our kind of beauties extended, um, but with a beast mode, if you will. So 
Speaking of my beast mode, I'll go right into it and the crux of this whole thing. In Evid Rodriguez, I just, I had written my other three guys out and there was no way I couldn't talk about this guy this week. So I decided to switch things up a little bit. And look, I mean, I'm not saying anything that anybody else hasn't talked about. There isn't anybody that saw this coming with this kid. I mean, he definitely got opportunities uh, when it came to um, uh, Malkin being out and the injuries that uh, uh, Pittsburgh has been dealing with. And look, I mean, the guy's taken full advantage of his opportunity. It certainly helps when you're playing with uh, Gensel and Crosby on the first line. And then, of course, you get them on the first power play as well. But you know what? Like, I mean, he's... He's that type of guy that wins you hockey pools, right? Like that kind of guy, kind of coming out of nowhere. I mean, he's had a little bit of pedigree, but nothing in the NHL, right? Like the the biggest thing that this guy could really say is that he was Jack Eichel's winger in college. So, but I mean, look, I mean, the best I can say uh, about Rodriguez is, you know, ride the wave right now with him. He's he's definitely on an upward trend. Um, the only thing that I would say, Marty, that you probably want to keep uh, keep in mind is with Malkin coming back, that yeah. could uh, that could affect uh, his power play deployment. Uh, there could be a, a little bit of a regression on that there, but I mean, I, I think. With what he has been able to do so far, I think he's gotten, you know, the attention of the people he needs to get attention to. And I don't think it would be such a, there there will be some regression, but I don't think it's going to be anything massive though. I mean, this guy's, you know, you're talking about a guy, 5'11", 184 pounds. He's 28 years old. So, I mean, he's been in the league a little bit and kind of knows the ups and downs, right? 33 games played, he's got 15 and 15 uh, for 30 points. He's a plus nine and playing 17, 25 a night. So, I mean, he's definitely making the most of his opportunity. And I mean, I, yep. I just couldn't, I couldn't not talk about the guy this week. I mean, I've got, I do have him in one of my uh, other pools. Uh, that probably is a little bit biased there too. So, but I mean, but I mean, he's been playing so well. I, I just It's not undeserving. Uh, I, I couldn't leave him out this week. I couldn't. No, so sure. that 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 was the guy that made this into a whole uh, beauties in the beast mode. That's the deal. Uh, next guy up, Igor Shosturkin. Uh, not really a huge reach here, but some somebody we haven't exactly talked about on the program. You know, we touched on the Rangers a little bit here earlier. Um, just to go over it really quick, 21 games played, 15 wins, four losses. You know, 209 uh, goals against average, 936 save percentage. So. Definitely the type of numbers that you're looking for 26. for a number one. Yeah, I know, 26. seriously. And he's got another three years on his contract, too, so he's, he's established Beauty. himself pretty good there. But, I mean, yes. you know, this is a guy that's coming from the KHL. He's had some great years over there, showing that he can be a dominant force uh, um, for the Rangers in the Eastern Conference. And, uh, I mean, again, kind of going off of what we talked about with the Rangers earlier, um, it, it's definitely uh, something where... With both the youth and the veteran leadership that they've got on that team, uh, certainly not the team that you want to face in the first round. That is for sure. No. no. Um, moving on to the next one, we got Ryan Hartman out in uh, Minnesota. Uh, definitely having a breakout year for sure. Uh, that's going to be put. Definitely going to be put to the test here with uh, Kaprizov out. Doesn't look like he's going to be back, but the possibility for him being back on Thursday is there. Um, okay. he's, got, he's got a little bit of pedigree. He's a former first-rounder from the Blackhawks. Um, like I said, exposure to Kaprizov has definitely helped him in regards to production. Yeah. So that will be put to the test. But uh, the, thing that I, the thing that kind of struck me a little bit is his uh, plus-minus. Now, I know plus-minus is kind of like a little bit of a wonky stat. You don't want to put too much into it. But, I mean, the guy's plus 24, for God's sakes. So somewhere along the line, yes, Kaprizov can definitely do damage for you offensively mm-hmm. on that line. But, I mean, somewhere along the line, this, this uh, line is, or at the very least, this player is playing some good defensive hockey. And yeah. you, you and I both know where that goes. That means you get time on ice. And yeah. this guy's looking at, uh, you know, 1820, uh, sorry, 1819 time on ice. So he's getting a lot of opportunity, a lot of solid yeah. ice time. And he's, he's definitely getting it done. Yeah. And I think once you've reached the realm of plus 24, you do have to mention it, especially when you're doing 18 minutes uh, per game. It, 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 leaves, it leaves you open for more goals against kind of thing. But still, this kid, this kid continues to just push through and he's at a plus 24. It's a good stat. 
Well, I mean, you know how it works, right, Marty? I mean, when they got the trust of these guys, the, the coach just throws them over the boards, right? So, I mean, that's right. you're not going to get the points if you're not on the ice. So, <laughs> n- n- nice for him that way that he's obviously sure. gained enough trust of that coaching staff out in Minnesota to mm-hmm. be playing him some pretty serious big minutes. Um, speaking of, of some pretty decent minutes, I don't know if i go, like, big, um, only because they're so balanced out there. And yeah. we're going back to one of your uh, little predictions at the start of the year here, Marty, with the St. Louis Blues and one Ivan Barbashev, uh, looking at a 6'1", 195-pound guy, 26 years old, 34 games played, fifteen or sorry, 13 goals, 15 assists for 28 points, plus 6, uh, 17.02 time on ice. So he is getting some serious ice time. Um, Obviously, you're going to get some ice time if you're playing with Tarasenko and uh, Bushnevich, who arguably have been the best line for that team Oof. all year. Um, nice. Now, look, I mean, obviously, with those players, you're going to have a boon to your uh, um, production. Um, I know, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have it written down here, but I think he's on power play too. So he is part of that power play out there with the Blues. But I mean, with the team being that deep, it's like, who do you, who do you check, right? So, I mean, it seems like all the lines are kind of getting their apples and their cookies there. So, um, everybody's kind of getting theirs a little bit, as long as they haven't been out with any kind of a COVID illness uh, uh, lately. But uh, the one thing I will say about uh, Barbashev, you know, kind of, again, uh, same thing as... Um, as Rodriguez kind of just ride the uh, ride the wave a little bit, ride the production. Uh, you'll yeah. want to keep an eye, in particular, on his shooting percentage. Uh, it is a little high at twenty three point two. So there could again, you know, going back to that word regression, there could be a little bit with him. I just think that that'll be minimal at best, especially if he stays yeah. on that line with uh, Tarasenko and Bushnevich. That's the thing. I think they have a lot of trust in him, so I don't see that necessarily tapering off too much. I, d- I doubt he drops to the, like the 15-minute area time on ice. If anything, I see a 17 going up to 18, maybe even 19, just because he's he is responding really well. Like it's fine to say that you know you're playing with some of the better players on the team, so of course you're going to do well. Well, yes and no. You still have to put up because if you don't and there's and there's nothing, there's no chemistry there, then you'll be sent down on the very next day. So obviously it's working out. Just wanted to mention that he's is second power play unit. Right now, but with Tarasenko injured, they may have tried to balance out the two lines. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's why he's on the second because Bushnevich is also on the second, and they've got Thomas, Kairu, and Falk playing out the the whole second power play unit. So who knows yeah. what it looks like really when Tarasenko's in there? That's a team that I really think that you might uh, have a good prediction with here, man. Because like honestly, yeah. they're looking right serious right now, and they that's are a he- so balanced. That that's a, a balanced team, and you and I both know it. They're a bit of a heavy team too, right? So they're kind of built yeah. for the playoffs. We we talked yeah. about it at the start of the year, kind of year. Now I know the Islanders aren't you know in a playoff position, but talking about those heavy teams, the Islanders and and the Flames, and uh, you know we're talking about St. Louis here as well. It it's gonna really be interesting to see how this team does, and they got the goaltending too, right? So I mean, Bennington's. Yeah. I don't want to say is turn back the clock. Uh, there's really no clock to turn back. He hasn't been around that long, <laughs> but but it, but you know what I mean. Like he seems to kind yeah. of like if I want to say for a couple of years that Stanley Cup kind of um, showing was a little little bit left to be desired, and he seems to be getting mm-hmm. back to that. Uh, and of course with uh, Ville Husso and uh, and Charlie Lindgren too, with uh, COVID nineteen endlesses uh, uh, coming up, they've really had some some nice depth in the goaltending department too. So. True. Kind of the kind of this team that you know you want to keep a, keep an eye out for, and uh, they've got a lot of options for both your uh, weekly and daily fantasy for sure. I'm not surprised. I called it. I told you this is a serious team to be contended with, and um, and this is a team actually doing it without uh, you know like a Ryan O'Reilly who's you know last year and for the last two or three years was their main go-to offense. Right now they look yeah. so balanced and so deep that they don't need him to produce. He's, he's you know he's playing almost 20 minutes, but he's not in the top. He's not even in the top five. So this is a team that's playing a different system. Maybe I don't know, but whatever it is, it's working because it's got all of these kids plugged in, dialed in. Uh, it helps a Tarasenko decided, you know what? I don't mind staying in St. Louis. I'm going to turn it on. And he's really proven uh, <laughs> proven that he would have been a, um, a steal last year when they were asking when they were shopping him around. But uh, look out for St. Louis, man. Not I really mean, a secret. We though. were talking. 
I mean, we were talking about some, you know, the embarrassment of riches with, uh, with the Rangers, York, right? Yeah. I mean, when, I mean, forget all those top kind of names, right? Like just your Kairos, your Rob Thomases, Barbashev, uh, you know, um, um, who was it? Bushnevich. Like these are, they've been, they've had first line, some of these guys, right? Like a Bushnevich in, with the Rangers, uh, yeah. funny enough. But I mean, yeah. these are kind of those secondary kind of scoring guys so to speak right now of course you know Kairu, i think is starting to really cement himself a little bit here you know with some i I don't know if i'd go so far as elite but you know getting kind of close to some superstar stuff there he's not doing too too bad here so it's just nice to see that team round out because i know they had a little bit of a rough go at the start of the season if i'm not mistaken uh but yeah nice to see that you know that all all cylinders are, are firing huge here and a massive massive win against dallas today in the last minute that was nuts mm-hmm. yeah that's true <laughs> it's good hockey well, is it ever? <laughs> yeah um, all right, so I'll uh, go go into my beauties and the beast mode. Um, I guess I'll do the same thing as you. I'll start with my beast mode when I'm going to talk about UC Saros, who, you know, as a whole overall this entire year really has shown that, you know, don't worry, Nashville, I got this. And he's really yeah, basically, no he's Pekka Renin 2.0. I mean, I'm not even going to come close to suggesting that he's better just because it's way too early for that. But he really has that feeling. Like, I could see this kid starting 70 games in the season. Season, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. He seems like he's very unfathom- unfla- unfathomable. He's unflappable. Uh, he's he's super. He's still very very young. He's only twenty six, and I love these young goalies coming in and really giving me shades of like you know Brodeur, who used to play like seventy six games for like five years in a row, kind of stuff. Like I can see UC actually really doing something like that. He's played the most games so far this year, only one more than Vasilevsky, but still he's played twenty nine games, got nineteen wins in those twenty nine games, and then in his last one two three four five sorry one two three four games he's on a four-game winning streak. He's only allowed two uh, two goals against in uh, all of the games except for one. Chicago, he led in one. And then after that, it was a 3-2 win, a 4-2 win, and a 4-2 win against Arizona, L.A., and Vegas. And, you know, Vegas, nothing to seize at. L.A. had been a surprising team. And Arizona, honestly, he had a shutout. I can't. I woke up this morning. I'm like, what? You let in two goals in the third period? Come on, bud. That's one stat I'd like to see him improve on is the shutout area because I do have him uh, on my team obviously. But, um, you know, who cares? Shutouts. Like at the end of the day, you've got 19 wins out of, out of uh, 29 games. Nothing to complain about there. 221 and 929. Like you're sixth and fourth in the league. Like, ah, this guy is just for real. Those numbers are pretty sweet. He has really given uh, Nashville some stout, stout play right now for sure. Well, Jesus, you're looking at Nashville as being the one, two, three, four, five, sixth best team in the league. Did you see that coming from Nashville this year? Not at all. Not There's, at all. And and that's and that's been the fun part about it, right? You're kind of we talked about Anaheim a couple of weeks ago. We're talking about the Rangers this week. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice to kind of see these teams that you don't want to say they're coming out of nowhere, but I mean, I guess they're coming out of the woodwork kinda a little bit. Like they, we, 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 we've kind of, we've kind of seen these teams, you know, a little bit of up and comers and you just kind of didn't know what to expect. Are they there yeah. yet? Are they not there yet? And you're starting to see some really nice uh, performance. I mean, even out in Nashville, like your, your Ryan Johansson's, your Matt Duchesne's, uh, Philip Fors, they're having some really nice years out there, man. And that's the thing, like with other teams, you can kind of point a finger. I'd say like, well, you got these younger kids who are now just like being given a, a longer leash and let them sort of figure it out. That's not the case for Nashville. With Nashville, you've got essentially the same team. In fact, you've lost a couple of pieces over the years and you haven't really replaced them with anything. There's nothing exciting about this team when you look at the roster on paper where you go, oh, this kid is going to be the one. There's nothing. And that's not who's leading this team. Who's leading this team? Roman Yossi, who you knew was going to be doing well, but he's leading the team in points. That's fine. Uh, Michael Granlin has been around for at least a couple of years. Matt Deshane out of nowhere decides, you know what, maybe I'm not going to stop playing hockey. And he's got 31 and 32 with 14 goals. Ryan Johansson scoring 10 goals in a season. That's pretty impressive on its own. The guy just does not like to score goals. Philip Forsberg is just deciding, uh, is another one who's like, I'm not going to retire this year as much as you guys want me to. He's got 29 and 26 with 18 goals. You got 12, 14, 10, 18, 11 goals for your leaders in that team. Like, that's impressive. They've got a great system. They've got an even better goalie in the back end. Is this the surprise team going into the playoffs? Is this the one that St. Louis should be looking out for? 
Well, I will say this about them. I mean, they've got all the pieces, right? We always talk about yeah. it. As long as you kind of have the goaltending, they've got the one big horse on defense in Yossi. And right. the, and the nice thing and the nice point. thing about him is he's he's going to give you the points. He's going to give you all the cookies you want. But <laughs> He he's a great defender as well. Like Absolutely. he, this isn't a guy that's just all offense and can't defend. You're right. And you've got some other nice pieces around that. Your Matthias Ekholm's known a little bit more for kind of a defensive play, right? True. So they've got all that in place, and they're again a kind of another. There's nobody that really sticks out for you in the forward group, but boy oh boy, do they ever start to kind of be pretty deep with their top six, right? And that's right. and again and again. All well and good to be deep with your top six, but now they're all productive. Like, I mean, you're getting some really nice seasons, not just out of one or two guys here, but you're talking about basically that whole first line. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, um, and uh, um, pardon me if I'm saying it the wrong way, but uh, Tanner Janot is another one that's out on that uh, uh, that roster as well. And he's kind of an up-and-comer yeah. as well, yeah, and he's right. given them some serious, serious uh, oh, uh, produ- production. So. Tolvanen, actually not... last, was it last year? Eli Tolvanen actually played very, very well yep. last year. He's just a little bit quiet this year. It's fine. Five goals, eight assists, 13 points in 36 games. But he's he's a guy who, you know, at any given point could go off. But and, and that's the thing, right, Marty? Like w- you and I both know, like we already have in our heads, like kind of playoff hockey, right? Mm-hmm. You're in the middle of a series. The two, the, the, you know that maybe those first two lines are being checked really well. Mm-hmm. Boom! Before you know it, maybe this Janot goes off on the third line. <laughs> you know, couple couple minutes later, then you got Eli Tolvin and going off for a goal. Yeah. So it's these types of things. That, now listen, by no means are Marty and I saying that we we know what's gonna we can predict what's gonna happen in the playoffs. <laughs> I'd be rich if we could. With these two players, but I will say this though: they certainly have th- those types of pieces yeah. that can that, that can get s- something done for you when when it means uh, when when it means the most. I mean, look, everybody wanted Tolvanen to be a fifty goal scorer uh, when he came out of the KHL. Uh, you know, there was a lot of hype with him. Okay, so the hype didn't happen, no problem. But if this is a guy that scores. Hell, let's say let, let's say Nashville goes deep into the playoffs, play uh, 15, 16, 17, 18 games. Maybe they only go to the third round or something like that. But if you're getting, I don't know, five, four, five, six goals out of a guy like Tolvanen or or maybe three or four or five out of a guy like uh, Janot, I mean, maybe that's exactly on, what start... these guys need. Maybe that's maybe it's the playoff atmosphere that these guys They're... actually feast on. Of... Hey. I mean, they got they got what they need at the yeah. at the end of the day. What we're both saying is they have everything in place to again be another team that can make uh, a deep run here uh, in the Stanley Cup and playoffs. Again, and again, it's another team who wasn't supposed to do anything this year going into the season. Yeah, with maybe we'll make the playoffs, we'll be happy. So an- again, back yeah. to the same thing we've been talking about all year: a team that plays like they've got nothing to. It doesn't matter. Got nothing to lose. Who cares? We'll do yeah. what we can and just sort of have fun with it. And now look at them. They're we're talking about them as being one of the serious, you know, playoff contenders. And then that that's just that's what I'm talking about, man. These guys, these teams, and the systems. This coach has got a system in this. That's probably the biggest piece in all of this is to have a coach that has a system that works for your team. That's probably the biggest thing that I'm learning this year. That you really need to have that. That and confidence. Because I will say this, I mean, when you start getting on a a little bit of a run like uh, Nashville has, your goalie starts playing that well for you. Things start to feel really good. You start, I mean, you know how it goes, Marty. I mean, that goes right throughout the lineup. And I mean, when when everybody's kind of firing and pulling, you know, pulling on the rope the same way, it starts to be a little bit easier that way, right? So, and I mean... you know, and maybe, maybe, and maybe that's all that Edmonton does need. You know, I'm yeah. certainly not trying to beat a dead horse with Edmonton here, but maybe that's exactly what they need. New coach coming in there, yep. giving a shot of confidence. Bingo, bango, sure. here you go, and you're off, and you're off to the races, right? So I'll tell you what listen, they don't need. They don't need nothing. They need something. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving right along. Anthony Duclair. Now, this is, this is a guy the Sens should have kept, man. I I liked him in the Sens. He actually fit well there, and it made sense. But, mm-hmm. you know, the Sens just did their thing. That's fine. But uh, over the last six games, <clears throat> he's got a plus seven, five goals, and only 16 shots on goals. Something that he kind of needs to do a little bit more of. But he's, you know, at least his percentage is going up. Uh, to go on with three assists, five hits, four block shots, uh, and on almost a buck and a half more of ice time than his season average. So that's that's kind of the thing. Like, 
get that was kind of my theme with a lot of these players is that a lot of them are doing really good lately with a sort of an uptick of more time and a lot of these guys are actually kind of uh, on the younger side of things the ones that I picked so that's kind of my theme with all this is again believing in this, these young guys and these and these kids and just letting them do the things that they want to do and just giving them more time more trust a longer leash and you know you're you're seeing it man the 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 proof is in the pudding man these kids are actually starting to to perform a lot better well, again, I mean, especially for Duclair, right? I mean, it, it, it's nice to have um, some of that veteran uh, leadership out there in uh, in Florida too, right? I mean, yeah. I, and I, everybody knows where I'm going. We're talking about Barkoff. I mean, the guy can put the team on his back. So it, it, it's just nice for him to, and I believe he's been on his line most of the year. Uh, I don't want to say that he hasn't been shuffled around a bit, but if I'm not mistaken, he's been uh, tied to uh, Barkoff's hip most of the year. And I mean, Again, just another guy who's kind of taking advantage of the situation that he's in. I mean, he knows he's playing with great players. And and I think the nice thing about Duclair, and, and I, I, th- I find he just maybe didn't get the greatest of shakes in most of the places he was in, Ottawa, Columbus, these types of places. But what I will give him is if he didn't know it before, he definitely knows it now, and he knows what his role is. He's not the guy that's going to score 60 to 65 points. This is a guy that's a little bit more of a goal scorer. Uh, He knows, you know, basically be just have that stick cocked and ready to go. And, you know, a guy like Barkov is going to find you. So... Good on him for, you know, toughing it out. And I mean, believe it or not, I think this guy as well uh, is his own representation. I don't believe he has any kind of an agent. Yeah. So this is a kid who's kind of really taken it upon himself and, you know, good on him. I'm glad for him. I'm glad he's doing well in, uh, in Florida. Um, You know, and I can't really see where things won't really kind of continue for him. I mean, he's been doing, he's been doing really well. And I mean, with the situation he's in, I can't see where there's going to be much of a drop-off. No, no, I'd be surprised to see that. If anything, it'll just be as a result of him potentially getting a little bit less ice time, which, again, doesn't really make much sense. If you, if you respond like that when you get more ice time, it, it stands to reason that you're going to keep getting more ice time. Maybe you're not. It's maybe the ice time isn't going to continue to go up, but maybe your average time on ice for the season goes from you know 15 to 16, from 16 to 17. So good on him. He earned it, and he's doing yeah. the best he can with it. Uh, so Thomas Hurdle, uh, he's shown the kind of consistency this year that the Sharks always had hope for him, I think, over the years. But he's maybe a couple a couple players in his way. But this year, really starting to show that um, he can do a lot more with the puck. He's really the, the guy sort of taking over for the scoring anyways for that team. Because uh, in his last six games, he's got six goals, three assists, 22 shots on goal, seven hits, four blocks. And uh, it's, it's on fire. Right he now. is on fire right now. Absolutely. Uh, I believe he is leading his team uh, for goals. He's in the 20s. Um, and uh, it's another guy in the last uh, six games. He's got a full two minutes more per game. And he's making the best of it. Like he plays a couple, min- couple more minutes a game. Means he's couple, maybe he's scoring that one or two more goals. So he's got six goals out of six games. Like, it's the kind of thing that you know when you see positive results coming from a little bit more trust. Uh, I mean, I, what more can you ask for from a coach, right? Like, it's exactly what you want. He was already doing pretty good. I, I'm not sure the ice tick might be maybe because of injuries, uh, or maybe is just you know a, a, a test before we hit the playoffs. Um, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if San Jose makes the playoffs, but they may not as well because they're not quite uh they're in a tough division they're not quite there yet but aside from the playoffs i mean thomas hurdle has really just shown that he's he's worth any any bit of ice time you're going to give him because uh again leading that that team in goals so good for him a guy that's doing exactly what he should with the ice time that he's been given yeah. i mean he's, he's top minutes out there in san jose plays a lot with meyer i believe on yeah. the first line or at least recently anyway and on the power play of course yeah. and you know what he's He's just plain, plainly doing what he should be doing. That's it. I mean, you're not looking at you're not looking at a guy that's going to get you 90 points per se. But I, you know, he's this is a guy that's been in his 70 point range before, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, 72, 73 points. I want to say. Yeah. So he, you know, the pedigree's there, and 
now, like you say, with maybe a couple of people, you know, out of the way in San Jose these days, your Joe Thorns and your uh, Joe Pavelski's, these kind of guys, right? Yeah. So now it's, you know, the team's basically fallen on the shoulders of him and Meyer and these types of guys. You still have Carlson around on the back end, Brent Burns. So he's, you know, he's still have a little bit of that kind of aging core a little bit that can, you know, at, at the very least when things are going bad, they can kind of quell things down a little bit. So, you know, again, another team that maybe a lot of people didn't really expect expect much out of but mm-hmm. um you know they're 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 definitely showing that they have got some moxie out there in the western conference and yeah. they're not just a team that you're going to kind of roll over no they could still squeeze into the eighth right now they're tied for the last wild card spot so they could be a team that could surprise you in the first round and and take out a team like uh yeah. either the nashville or the or the st louis's not to suggest that it would happen but you know if if that were the case would would people be that surprised i think i <laughs> yeah people would be surprised just because they don't really have the goaltending for it so you know but making it to the first round you know that'd be something for san jose to hang their hats on and, and something promising for them for sure um, i would agree Last one is uh, Jack Hughes. Good for him for finally making this list. I know he's been uh, wanting to be on this list ever since we started, but uh, he finally gets on there. Um, he's uh, so okay. So he hasn't really been playing that great this year. Uh, so you know the hype, or his, basically for his career, the hype hasn't really matched the game yet, and and that's fine though because he's still super young as well. So lots of time there. But uh, for his last six games, he's got four goals and eight assists, which is some damn good numbers. He's got three power play points, twenty six shots on goal. That's I think that's why you're seeing some uh, some more points there from yeah. four block shots. Yeah. So he's playing very well on both ends of the ice at plus six over that span as well. So that's pretty good. That's important. He's not losing an edge somewhere else by gaining offensively. But his average on the season uh, time on ice was 18.44. But in this span, he's up to 21.18. So you see another kid who's, you know, give me a little bit more time. I'll show you what I can do. And maybe he's getting a little bit more time in the power play. Maybe he's getting a little bit more time in danger situations. Who knows? Wherever he's getting it, it seems to be working. Good for New Jersey, but mostly good for Jack Hughes because I think the amount of hype that was uh, around him before he started the league—it's the kind of thing I don't—I'm not—I'm not a big fan of unless you know, unless you're like a McDavid or someone who really stands out. But for Hughes, good for him. I think one for these kids, right? Once they kind of uh, get that that confidence, or they kind of go from one side to the other, where they realize, okay, like I. I can kind of do some damage in this league. Mm-hmm. I find once they kind of get over that little bit of a hurdle, and I think maybe we're starting to see that with Jack Hughes. Yeah. Uh, I was reading a story, and uh, he was mentioned. Um, I don't know if it was a story or just kind of a quote, but he was mentioning that he had a really tough time in his first year, uh, his rookie year, and how there was a lot of, you know, the expectation, of yeah. course, was was pretty big on him being the first overall pick. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people are kind of saying he was just a pretty boy who couldn't play hockey and this and that and the other thing. And he knew what he was capable of so I think once you kind of just get over that little threshold right mm-hmm. and now you're seeing I mean the numbers speak for themselves I mean 12 points in the past six games I mean yep. this guy's going off and and let's face it New Jersey isn't exactly a juggernaut either so they're able to kind of <laughs> oh. focus on some certain players out there with that roster and uh Hughes being one of them and yep. especially with uh he sure being out too. I mean, that put a lot of pressure on the kid too. So nice to see, nice to see. And I mean, I I really do think this is a little bit more of what uh, we all expected from uh, Hughes when he was drafted. You're right. It's nice to see that if they need to lean on you and they do lean on you, that you respond this way. And that's, I think, exactly what's happening. So good for him. Good for New Jersey. Good for Tom. I guess he's super happy now, right? (laughs) Well, he said something positive about his New Jersey Devils. I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, there wasn't much there going on for a little while, so... PK's got to just, I just got to, and I don't know, man, somebody's, he's such a dirty player with that slew footing. And the other day there, he almost cut an edge. Like he looked like he was trying to chomp down with a skate on somebody's back end of their calf. Like, oh my God, he's got to, I don't know. going to go down with that, man. I guarantee it. Something's going to go down and he's going to either get suspended or. Hopefully it's before you seriously injure somebody. Cause that's, that's the realm right now with him. Cause that's kind of what happened a little bit back in uh, the day with uh, Carlson. When uh, was was it uh, Matt Cook, I believe, uh, sliced his back oh, tendon or whatever God. it was there on his I ankle? Good memory. And it was kind of that thing, like it kind of came yeah, right back exactly. down, like from the top, like you're mentioning, right? So, hey, we'll see what happens with this kid. But I mean, his his best days are over. Um, For sure, I'd have to say anyway. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I got. That's two hours though. That's pretty good. <laughs> 
We're, we're done, folks. That's it. You yeah. get another two-parter this week. I think so. <laughs> I don't think there's a problem with that, though. I think people have been liking it. Hey, North Carolina, I see you out there, too, by the way. You guys are actually uh, taking over oh, uh, our, yes. our stats there. We like that. But uh, honestly, like, thanks to everybody who's continued to, to listen to us and, and just stuck with us through all this and sort of allowed us to be part of your routine. I, I hear some of you are actually like they look forward to Wednesdays and, you know, you've got a little routine around it. And gosh, you know, I love that. That's just great. I mean, you and I have been having a blast with it, Marty. So as long as 100%. you guys are still getting uh, some entertainment out of it, I mean, yeah. we'll keep being uh, silly and goofy and come up with some weird segment names. And don't <laughs> worry, folks, we'll continue. We'll, we'll continue to work on around the league in thirty plays. We'll, yeah. ke- we'll keep at it. We need something. We'll keep at her. <laughs> and we're open to suggestion, guys. Anything. Find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Mostly Twitter. I, we're mostly on Twitter. But uh, anyways, all of it. Send us some suggestions. Absolutely. We can, we'll take anything. Because yeah, clearly we don't know what we're doing in that realm sometimes. <coughs> and I'm sorry if I sounded like horse poop today. You know, I'm still battling some effects of COVID. I've had to mute my mic several times to have some coughing fits. But um, it's, I missed it, though. I missed, I missed, uh, I missed this. It was good to have you back, buddy. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at twoguysaleague and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash twogalag. Or you can follow us on Twitter where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.